0: Welcome to this podcast series, recorded with love, as a tribute to Mr. R. Nelson Nash. In this six-part series, you'll hear from Justin Kraft, Jim Oliver, and Joe Pantosi. They are agency owner advisors who are privileged to know and learn from Mr. Nash at a professional as well as a personal level. We trust you will gain insight into the man who changed the face of the life insurance landscape in America for tens and perhaps hundreds of thousands of people who searched for and found freedom from the bondage of financial slavery through the diligent use of the infinite banking concept. Nelson's discovery perfected and shared with all of us over the past 25 plus years. Nelson taught us that you cannot create, multiply, and pass down real significant wealth unless you first unravel the mysteries of the commercial banking system in America. Then apply the truth in your own family business, and legacy. This podcast series is not a course on money, but a tribute to the discoverer and refiner of that course, offered with respect and admiration.
1: Welcome back. This is Jim Oliver, your co-host, and I'm joined today with Joe Pantosi and Justin Kraft, your other co-host. Welcome, guys. Good morning. Thanks. So today, we want to tackle something that that we deal with every day in helping people understand and implement the infinite banking concept and take over the banking function in their lives. But when people first come to this concept, they have so many questions and normally some misunderstandings, their, their perception, their paradigm needs to be changed or they need to see it clearly. But, Guys, Justin, what what are some of the frequently asked questions or first things that people maybe get wrong or they just don't understand?
2: Yeah, Jim, thank you for having me, man. It's awesome to be here and welcome to the audience. You know, the first thing that I get, Jim, all the time is as people have taken time to dig into infinite banking, what it is, hopefully they've read Nelson's book and we can walk through some examples. The first thing that I get the majority of the time is... Hey, this sounds almost too good to be true. Why isn't everyone else doing it? You know, why haven't I heard of this before? Right. And, and you know, I I, I hear that, and, and I really laugh because the first thing I want to tell them is, well, it's because you hadn't listened or or been around Joe Pantosi or you hadn't listened and been around Jim Oliver. <laughs> uh, I said because then you would know about it. But really, what I tell them, the truth is, this has been around in front of us for a long, long time. The number one place that people saved money leading up to the mid and late 70s was actually in whole life insurance. You can research that on the internet and go back from the creation of of life insurance contracts in the late 1800s in our country, all the way up until the, the mid to late 70s, it was the number one place people saved money. The number one savings tool, Jim, in the United States today. Then laws begin to change, and you had the creation of IRAs and 401ks. Mutual fund companies came in with the message of, hey, maybe you can get a higher rate of return. Then they began to offer qualified plans. And so where people were parking their dollars began to change, and we're seeing a shift back to that today. And, And so it's been here a long, long time. We're just taking something that was tried and true I tell people all the time, more of a get rich slow process. Everybody's looking for get rich quick, but here's an opportunity for you to earn and grow your wealth consistently, just like families had done for over a hundred years. And if you really dig into it, Jim, what I tell people, the largest owners of exactly what Nelson taught us how to do and what we're teaching people in our country today are actually the banks themselves. So if you think a bank understands money, and understands how to make money, maybe we should take some of those same ideas and those same processes, put it to work in our family, put it to work in our business. And that's what I think you guys do a great job of teaching people. So let's do the things that the banks are doing. And let's understand that this vehicle has been around for well over 150 years.
1: Well said, Justin. Justin, Joe, how many people do you think understand how banks work and how much money a bank makes?
3: So, let me just piggyback on what Justin just said before I get into that. One thing I think is important for people to see, and it's it's hard for me with this with with this East Coast cynicism that I have <laughs> running through my blood. It's hard for me not to kind of smirk when people ask me, "Why haven't I heard about this before and And the honest answer is we all were looking in the wrong places, so. You know how Warren Buffett says that if, if poor people would do what rich people do, they wouldn't be poor anymore? Well, it's, it's kind of human nature that people herd birds of a feather flock together and people want to follow people who are like them. People follow the majority. It's almost like people are running in, in circles or walking in circles, following each other. And they're wondering why they can't find new ideas. Well, because they're following each other. And so if we would just look outside ourselves and look at people that are different from us, i.e rich people we would find out that what justin said was exactly true well rich people were putting their cash in whole life policies sure they were running businesses and opening new businesses and creating inventions and, and 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 buying real estate but places where they were going to secure their cash was going to be in a whole life policy and you have the media right the entertainment media mitigating against this truth And trying to get people to move all their money into qualified plans, IRAs, 401ks, and or index universal life and universal life and and volatile risk-based products. So people are looking at that and they're saying, well, why haven't I looked at at this ordinary whole life policy before? Well, it's because rich people do this and banks do this and every single Fortune 500 company does this. So we have to change our perspective and start looking, looking for where the gold is in, in the actual repositories. Follow the rich people. Follow their habits. Read what they're doing.
1: Absolutely. You know, you said a couple of things there, Joe and Justin, that really make me think is, you know, I read somewhere where you get 5,000 messages a day about what to do what to eat, what to do with your money, and those messages are all trying to get you to join the herd. There aren't messages out there to get you to break away from the herd because there's no money in that. You breaking away from the herd is not gonna help Fidelity. They want you to be part of the herd. They want you to have the green line or Prudential. They want you to have a number in your head that you're trying to get to. The things that we're told every single day that we're bombarded with are telling us the herd is safe, be in the herd. It might not seem like this is what wealthy people are doing, but you know what? If, if the herd's going down, it's going down together. Hmm. And it's almost like the media is like the Judas goat that's leading us into that chute to be sheared. Yeah. And you know we're humans, right? There's, there's, um, Uh, What does Tony Robbins call it? He calls it neuro programming, neuro something programming. And he says, you know, when
2: programming, yeah,
1: neuro linguistic programming. Thank you, Justin. Is if I say, how do you spell relief? What's the answer, Joe? R O L A I D S, -S 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 right? I mean, right? I didn't use the Winston's commercial because that one, that one's really dating us, Joe, because that goes back to the 70s, I think. But, but, but we're programmed to be part of the herd, and that's what I call the reassuring lie is, hey, this doesn't feel right what I'm doing with my money, but everybody else is doing it, so if we're all going down, we're all going down together, and and we got to change that, and we have to believe that we can break away, but one of the ways that you're going to break away is if you had a coach that had done it, been there, is doing it in their lives, would you feel more confident? Absolutely. If I had a coach that said, Hey, I went from being a 10 handicap to a zero. I'll show you how to do it. Well, I'm going to believe that person rather than the guy that just picked up a golf club and swung it and was a scratch handicap from day one. He doesn't understand where I'm at. Yeah. Right. So when people get started with infinite banking, Joe, with your firm, what are some of the mistakes that they make in the very beginning?
3: Oh my goodness. Well, one mistake is when i ask them if they read the book they say well i looked at it what that tells me is they looked at the cover or they glossed over it they they literally didn't read it and kind of study it and take notes on it the way we we ask them to read it so just buzz through the book it's about 90 pages and then and then just don't take any notes or write down questions the first time through and then go back and start over again and start writing your questions in the, in the margins and then when we get together, we'll talk about the questions and observations that you have, your comments, and you'll have some reaction. You'll have some reaction to what you read because as, as complex as some people want to make it sound, the message is very simple. And I think that's one of the things that's confusing the people. Well, if this is so simple, why doesn't my CPA know about it? My CPA is supposed to, to be the fount of all knowledge when it comes to, to financial truth. Well, not, not necessarily. Your CPA is, is supposed to keep you legal as far as the IRS is concerned, and they're going to tell you what you can deduct and cannot deduct for last year and maybe hopefully for next year, maybe. But they're not going to be on the cutting edge of, of what's stable and, and, and true and possibly profitable for you to do in the future. And, and they probably haven't read a book like this where, where simplicity is, is the call sign. And so if you if you look at what what rich people are doing and what corporations are doing and what banks are doing, and you're not looking to follow their lead, well, then, then you're not gonna you're not gonna have the model. And the other thing is, you know, people are saying, well, this is gonna require me to change my habits. Well, yeah, anything anything worth worth having is worth changing your disciplines for. And then we know that that good habits. Uh, take 21 days to ingrain and then you practice and practice and practice and you get pretty good at it after a while. And and the challenge here is I'm not really interested in creating rich people. I'm interested in, in in helping coach people to to learn how to take back control of their own financial lives so that they can teach their children how to take back control of their financial lives. Because when kids hit 18, they're already in debt. They're already in debt to the government because of our unfunded liabilities out in the future. And they're already in debt because they've been trained by the environment, by by our culture to to look for that credit card at, at age 18. So they're already thinking, what's the first thing I can do with my credit card? What's the first thing I can buy when I get my first credit card? What's the first car I can drive when I get my first car loan? And, you know, Nelson's idea is, well, first thing you need to do is create a banking system so that you won't have to be indebted and enslaved to the world's banking system, to the commercial banking system. And 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 after all, if you put all your money into somebody else's bank, who's going to make the majority of the money? But then if over time you could learn to, to develop the habit of creating a family banking system where more and more of your own money goes through your own banking system, isn't it? natural isn't it common sense isn't it logical that more of your money is going to wind up in your hands you're going to learn how to multiply money you're going to learn how to grow it how to make your dollars do more than one job or how to create velocity and and the toughest thing isn't it teach your kids your kids could be people that work for you they could be your friends your family your employees your your literal children teach them these truths because these truths will save their financial lives for the next hundred years.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think young people get this quicker than older people because their paradigms haven't been as established and they kind of know that they can't do things the way their parents did things because the environment, the world has changed. So Justin, same question to you. When somebody starts infinite banking, what are some of the mistakes that they make in the beginning?
2: Yeah, a couple of things, man. Number one, I just love when I hear Joe talk, I just love the passion. And one of the things that I want the listeners to understand is, is just give them permission. Hey, it's okay to have questions. You're not going to read Nelson's book and understand it right away. You're not going to read it and, and feel like, you know, some people are prompted to take action quicker than others, but myself, Jim, it took me almost six months before I did the first policy because I had so much traditional financial training and financial planning background. And uh, I remember one question that Nelson asked me that I use all the time when I was going through my discovery process. If traditional financial planning has worked so well, why do so many people continue to be broke? Why mm-hmm. does so many people continue to struggle with debt? Why do so many people continue to struggle with cash flow? Why do so many people continue to struggle with taxes? And if you're out there and you're going through one of those issues, if you're frustrated about taxes, if you're struggling with cash flow, if you're struggling with your savings plan or the risk that you're taking and you're concerned by the economy, there is an opportunity for you. And Jim, you said it before, find a coach. Find someone that is practicing this themselves, that is taking time to save in this, that is investing in their knowledge and understanding so they can partner with you. Because I want you to know you're going to have questions. Things are going to pop up. The traditional thinking is going to come back and you're going to need to understand, okay, tell me again why we're utilizing this process. And I I think for me, Jim, you know, we talked about some of the challenges early on. The second thing that I see a lot is people not thinking long range people thinking that, okay, uh, there, there's a little bit of cash drag in setting up my system. And, and the one thing that I'll tell you, Jim, and I'd actually, I'd love to hear you and Joe kind of expand upon this, but I think people think much more. We've been trained to think like a customer instead of an owner and Nelson Nash's book, becoming your own banker is all about how to think like an owner. And owners take a little bit different approach than a customer. A customer is looking for a little bit of profit right now. An owner is looking for a lot of profit long-term, right? An owner is looking for control. An owner understands that there's safety. And so I think my biggest challenge and one of the things that I really try to get across to our clients that we're coaching is that this is a process, not a product. So don't think short range. Think long-term and think like an owner. And I think if you walk in with an ownership mentality and a willingness to invest in yourself, that, that you're going to catch this a whole lot faster.
1: Yeah. I think that's really well said, Justin and and Joe, um, both of you guys, great, great answers to that question. And I agree with you. You know, it's almost like after you start doing infinite banking, you should read a book called extreme ownership and, the uh, it's by Jocko Willett. Is that his last name? And he's an ex, Navy SEAL, and it's it's a great book because we're not trained or taught to take ownership or control of our money. So when we start to do it, what's going to happen? We're going to question it, right? Yeah. Well, is this working? Is is this really what I should do? And the noise kind of gets in their way, especially when we're young in being an IBC, practicing individual, family, company, whatever entity that you are. And we are vulnerable. So that's where that coach comes in and says, Hey, this is normal. It's okay. I just had a client the other day. He said, Jim, kind of have a confession. And I said, okay, what's that? He said, I haven't been paying back my loans. And he said, you know, I'm probably really screwed up my system, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I thought back to Nelson's advice to somebody that I remember him giving when that person confessed the same thing to Nelson. So I gave the guy the answer. That was the same one that Nelson gave this other person. What was the answer? Start. You know, <laughs> you haven't been paying back your loans. Start. Okay. Start. Your system isn't blown up. You have cash value in there. You have a loan. Start paying it back. Yes. So, you know, it's okay to make mistakes cause we're either winning or we're learning and don't be afraid to make mistakes. If we were going to, all of a sudden today we were going to get into a business together, all three of us, guess what guys, we're going to make mistakes. But hopefully that we can coach each other to get through those mistakes and fix them and overcome them and hopefully not repeat them. So I think that's the mistake that people make in the very beginning is they try not to make any mistakes. And they don't start. There's some people that just don't start. Start when you have a need, take a loan, pay it back, add interest like the bank would, and change your attitude and know that it's going to take time. It takes time to evolve from the customer to the owner in your head. It's easy in action, but where you believe that you deserve to be the owner and you deserve those profits from that business – and that that's the right way, that you're doing the right thing. Let's say that somebody's been doing infinite banking for a while and they have maybe one or five, or it doesn't matter how many policies that they have and how big their money pool is. Is there something that happens or a lull or, or something that somebody says, gosh, I'm putting too much money in here? Is there some other roadblock that you guys see when somebody's been doing it, say, two or three, four or five years?
2: Yeah, for me, Jim, there, you know, there's a couple of things that come up. And uh, one of them, I'm gonna start kind of at a at a broad level. Don't stop investing in yourself and your education about your money. Again, I go back to to my word, ownership, take ownership in your system, keep learning, continue to grow, have a coach that takes you from 101 to 201, and then to 301 and 401 with your system. Because if you're four or five years in, you're really beginning to see the benefits of what Nelson calls the capitalization phase. You're really beginning to see where that cash drag is, is now gone. And you have the opportunity to really maximize that system to whether it's to create more assets, to build more cash flow, or maybe it's to continue to really pay down liabilities at a, at a, uh, a pretty you know, rapid pace. But I, I think the one thing you know, Jim, that kind of that sticks out to me at that point in time is just that, that continued education of understanding the system like we talked about. I mean, I, I just really think that that is a place where you really need to continue to read other books and you really need to continue to understand the utilization of the policy and, and know what kind of control and ownership that it gives you. So that's the first thing that jumps out for me.
1: Hmm. Joe, how about you? Same same question. Yeah,
2: so, so control
3: and ownership. So, one of the differences between being a W two employee, somebody who works for a paycheck, and being the owner who writes those paychecks is the owner has a big picture viewpoint, right? Not only does the owner look for an opportunity to create a paycheck for himself or herself, and, and it might be a bigger paycheck over time than than the average bear, but the reason why they're creating this company is because they have a vision of some kind they want to create some good for society they want to create some product for the community that will help community that will help people and they also want to create an enterprise that'll help these very employees so it's it's a it's a give and take it's a giving and receiving relationship the employer wants his or her employees and their customers and society in general to do better. And so when I'm when I'm thinking about these descriptions and about ownership being uh, owner versus customer, I think about about the long term. Like Justin was talking about, don't be afraid to think long term. Think generationally, and think about creating more value than you than you take out. Now, one thing about IBC, and I I, I think that it needs to be repeated often, because sometimes we'll tell a client over and over about certain things, or we'll think that we told the client the same truth 50 times, and yet the client will go off the rails for some reason. And the thing I'm referring to is, I think you alluded to a minute ago, some people might say, well, I don't wanna have too much money tied up in life insurance. Well, first of all, it is impossible to be overinsured because insurance companies will make sure that you don't get insured beyond your financial capacity. Number two, you're not tying up money in life insurance. Actually you're creating freedom. And, and as much as we, we say this, you're not tying money up, you know, we're giving people the opportunity to learn about a banking system that will actually capitalize their, real quote unquote real tangible businesses and the the three business categories that I kind of allude to all the time is real estate you can build wealth in real estate you could build wealth by having serial entrepreneurial businesses you can own a mcdonald's you can own a gas station you can develop real estate you can do all kinds of things but you're going to need a banking system behind you and the, and the third area is you can put money in the stock market and you know I think we get misread when people say, well, you don't want me putting money in the stock market. No, that's not true. I actually want you to put money in the places where you understand how to create wealth. If the market is one of those areas, I wholeheartedly endorse it and want to encourage you to put money where you understand how to make wealth, real estate, businesses, stock market. And the thing that you'll still be lacking if you're in those three places is you'll be lacking the banking system that capitalizes and subsidizes and promotes and multiplies and leverages all those, those three areas. So it's true in some cases that some people will get to the end of their career or the end of their lives. And they'll, and they'll say, well, you know what? I kind of, I kind of made a bad call in the stock market. I kind of made a bad call with this business. I kind of made a bad call with this real estate, but you know what? it just so happens i've got you know a million dollars left in my life insurance policy And, and and god bless those insurance policies and god bless those insurance companies because people don't understand that these insurance policies and these companies make their reputation by not being in the newspapers they make their reputation by not having losses by by not missing a dividend in 100 years they're just supposed to be sitting in the background watching and protecting our money. While companies are failing left and right and going bankrupt and banks are making bad choices and bad loans and going under, life insurance companies are kind of plodding along, managing literally trillions of dollars and keeping trillions of dollars of people's wealth safe and secure because it is a separate asset class. It's not a volatile, risky asset class. And I, I know I probably went too long there and probably threw too many things in but i want to make make sure that i make the point that the banking system is not your end goal you really probably want to be should be looking for places to build your wealth and and that can be real estate stock market
1: Business. and multiple businesses absolutely no well said joe you know i think some of the mistakes that people make as they're going along you know a few years in are really not, it's not their fault. It's the noise. And and some of the mistakes that I see is you think, hey, this is working really great. I've got, you know, all of this money flowing through my banking system now and I'm recapturing interest that I was paying somewhere else or I've got some of my revenue or profits from my business flowing through here. And then they think, could it be better? And they're enticed by these people out there that are telling them that, Maybe Nelson's wrong with the whole life and that, you know, that was a long time ago. And maybe that I need this index universal life policy because it has the potential to, to perform better, you know, or they, they, they fall into the marketing trap. And there are some great marketers out there of our process and, and they might be better marketers than the three of us. But I guarantee you one thing, they're not better coaches and they are not better practitioners and not better people to have in your corner because they're just trying to make a buck. Hey, if the PUA is going to reduce my commission, then let's do index universal life. I eliminate that problem. I get paid on the whole target premium, right? Okay. Well, we have to watch out for that. So every time that you get this noise in your head, once you've been doing this a few years, then go back to your coach. You know, Tom Hopkins used to say, a champion goes back to the basics every year, right? And they used to do that in football. They'd have training camp where they actually went back to blocking and tackling and everything else. And so we got to go back to the basics every single year. And the person to guide you is your coach. So I would say if you're in that thinking of, I forgot exactly why I'm using this vehicle for my banking system, and remember, compared to what? you know. So when we think of, hey, using the banking system and then going out and buying real estate, going out and buying businesses, going out and doing whatever, look at the whole system compared to the alternatives. And I think that you'll see, it'll help bring you back to center. We all get off track at times with a lot of things in our lives. And if you get off track with your infinite banking, then go back to your coach, go back to your center, go back to that, person that's going to help you and guide you to the vision and the goal. Anything else to add guys, Justin?
2: Jim, that's so well said. And I think when you go back to your coach, just remember Nelson used to always say, you know, have you ever seen a bank that thought they had too many branches? And so if your system is working and you're growing it and your coach is working with you and you utilize it, don't be afraid to expand. You know, capital has to have a warehouse Capital has to have a place to reside. And and so one of the things you talked about in year three, four or five, that's a great opportunity. If you haven't already to expand your system, remember, this is an and asset. It's an asset. It's not an expense and we want to maximize assets. So uh, that was one of the things that came to mind here. And you talk Jim is don't be afraid to expand, get with your coach, grow your system.
1: Yeah, that's a great message because you're right. I mean, Bank of America didn't become Bank of America by not growing, right? And they are always trying to figure out ways to get more money in their cash value in their life insurance contracts because they know how to use it and they know what it's for. Joe, how about you? So, you know,
3: one of the things that that pops out to me is that life insurance by its very nature represents an element of caution. And so life insurance, let's say, has been around 200 plus years. Isn't it interesting that it took, it, it took 150 years to go by before somebody walked into a bank office or a corporate bank office and said, hey, you know what? It would be a really good match if these banks would invest in life insurance and put life insurance into their capital base. And so that's literally what happened, 1968 or so, is when banks started buying life insurance so you know sometimes we beat ourselves up too much because well we didn't get to this client fast enough or that client fast enough and i wish i could have saved this client from some bad decisions i wish they had had a banking system or or a more robust banking system but everybody takes their own time to bring the information into their into their mind and to study it and to absorb it and to start applying it and you know when when clients come back to us and say you know, I've been doing this for a couple of years, and uh, I don't think I'm making any headway. Well, did you take a loan for anything? Well, no. Okay, well, maybe that's the reason. You should start looking at ways to capitalize your current business practices. Let's get rid of those loans. Let's get rid of those, those high-cost leases. Let's get rid of some of the inefficiencies, and let me bring you back to actually to the life insurance policy which Nelson said the life insurance policy has every component of a private banking system already written in the contract, but it takes a coach to open up that policy and tell you how those pieces work together. It took a coach to walk into one of these giant banks and show them the life insurance would be a great asset for bank to own. And it takes a coach to sit down with good people, And show them the process by opening up a policy and showing them the elements that are guaranteed in the contract that good people can use to to make their financial world more secure.
1: Absolutely. Well said, Joe. So we've talked a little bit about making mistakes, things that happen in the very beginning, things that people don't understand. And I think it comes back to when you want something, find somebody else that's done it, has it, and find out what they did and then add to it. You know, take the best, leave the rest, and the way that you do that is reach out to Joe Pantozi. What's your website? Alpha Omega Wealth. And Justin com. Kraft, what's your website? It's
2: Nowlin W M N O W L I N W M dot com.
1: And our website is Createtailwind.com. dot com, and reach out to one of us. And we'll meet with anybody who reaches out to us. There's no charge. There's no risk. We're not going to throw you down on the ground and twist your arm behind your back. I mean, we're going to just educate you and see if you're a good fit for one of these coaches to help you in your IBC journey to minimize the mistakes, maximize the results. And until next time, this is Joe, Justin, and Jim signing off. Thank you for your time.
0: Thank you for your kind attention to our tribute to Mr. Nash. We could have simply kept going, probably made this a 20-part series based on all the good that Nelson did for us, our families, our clients, and our communities. We trust you will take time to look into the subject of Nelson's career, the infinite banking concept. Go to our websites, check our recommended reading, test the principles that we teach against your most precious values, and you'll find they will resonate. We wish you all success and family wealth in all its forms.